0: Want to do bad things? That's real, yo. I ain't exaggerating at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is, is something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff said. What country are you from? What? what? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in what? What? English, mother... Do you speak it?
1: Man, you've been doing all this dope producing, you ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs
0: cast the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations you have arrived at episode 421 of the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you of course by projectspurs.com. I'm your host Ryan McCallum and with me as always is Jose Grijalva. Jose, say hello to all your fans, man. <coughs> <laughs> <Choke>. <laughs> Cough your way through. I was uh, just, um, Health. Was just
1: my Vita <clears throat> I Was just drinking my Vita Coco. I was just drinking my Vita Coco. I was Oh my goodness. I was just thirsty so i thought you know ryan's gonna do the intro i'm gonna be okay then i you know god's a god has a sense of humor nowadays
0: well uh when i called you to see if you could squeeze us in and do an afternoon pod you're walking home from the gym and let me guess it was leg day
1: uh no it was arm day i do legs monday wednesday fridays and and rotate between uh, the whole the weekday um Arms, buys and tries, and then the other days I'll do uh back and chest. So there's some this week I have chest and back and uh legs and shoulders. So and on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays.
0: And so you said you were walking home and it was hot. So what's the temperature out there?
1: Oh well for Arizona it was hot anyways. I know for Texas it'll it's nothing. Uh Douglas is at sixty six sunny.
0: You know, it's about that here. Uh, but tomorrow, which would be Friday, Uh, All of Central Texas, San Antonio, everything's supposed to get, you know, temperatures about cut in half. The highs tomorrow are in their 30s. Don't really know what to do with ourselves
1: over here. You you guys are usually very hot, right? Oh, it's humid over there. That's all I hear the complaints about the the humidity. Otherwise, I, I hear it's beautiful weather.
0: Well, we can get into the in to the hundreds, up to probably 110 in the Dallas area, just because that's in the plains. And Central Texas, well, South Texas too. Yeah, you know, it's humid. I guess that would be the complaint. It can get hot, but not, not crazy hot, 90s, low 100s, uh, but but super humid from time to time. Houston's just awful from humidity. Not in general. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got all of our weather talk in. That's I, I know that's why people come to the show.
1: You're that's what old people talk about. We're old man. So I mean <laughs> we we look at when we buy cereal, we look at the fiber level, you know, and all that stuff. So I mean nowadays that that's you know, that's our conversation. But let's get to the exciting stuff, I guess.
0: Well, uh, just a couple of days ago the Spurs beat the Raptors, and I thought this was going to be a really tight game. It wasn't anything like that. Uh Spurs win 110 to 82. Kawhi got 25 points in the win. Um LaMarcus Aldridge put in 23 points. The Spurs, they're now 28-7. and They're second only to the Golden State Warriors um, out in the West. And, and actually, in all of the NBA, they have the second-best record in the NBA. They're back up over 800-winning uh, percentage. I want to talk specifically about this game, because the Raptors had their full backcourt. Um, it, do you think that this was a... I mean, blowout wins, you can never really tell much about the win, but... Was this a statement? I mean, is is this a a case of San Antonio playing incredibly well? Is it the Raptors just playing poorly, not making shots? What do you think? I mean, sum up that game if you can.
1: Uh, I think it was more about the Raptors. You know, they're a two-headed monster. That's about it. And you know, the Spurs can can sort of neutralize that two-headed monster. You put Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard on their two best players. And, I mean, that really just really does them in, you know. Uh, Other than that, then you have to rely on – you know, uh, the Corey Josephs and the backups and, the, you know, the front court, the guys that aren't used to that attention. So, again, I, I think that's what makes the Spurs special in that sense. They have the, the, uh, the two-headed defensive monster. But really, the Raptors, that's all they have. So if you can neutralize them, now it's everybody else, uh, uh, how they match up against, you know, the, the role players. So uh, I wasn't surprised. I thought, it, you know, if it – if the Spurs did uh, screw the pooch on it and make it a close game, I wouldn't have been surprised. But uh, I wasn't surprised that it, you know, it wasn't even that close. So I think it, it says more about the Raptors, what they have to fix. Because again, that's why they can't get over the hump. If Lowry and uh, DeRozan are off, they don't have that third guy to get them out of the hole, or uh, you know, to, to give them rest or to take the offensive burden. So I th- I still think that's the Raptors' problem. It was exposed again. You know, now they have a little bit of time maybe to make some decisions, see if they can make a trade or something like that to, to sort of a balance out that lineup.
0: Yeah, they're they're supposedly the second best team in the East, and you see this, um, uh, you know, th- their performance in this game. Against what supposedly is the second best team in the West, Um, the the difference. Yeah, supposedly, uh, depending on uh, actually, if you listen to the last podcast, uh, well, I know you you kind of listened to it, right? Half the time you weren't even listening to the thing that I was saying, as evidenced in our uh, in our recap uh, of of uh, episode four twenty. But we kind of debated: are the Spurs second? Are they first? Are they third best in the West? The whole point being here that. Uh, you know, Toronto should have been on par with, with San Antonio, and clearly they, they weren't. Uh, I agree with you that Toronto's got a lot of stuff that they could fix uh, right before trade, time, maybe this is the time to fix it. But San Antonio looked, looked really good, looked really solid. And one guy in particular that has just been... Doing amazing. I kind of wrote this guy off for the season and maybe forever. but It's Mr. Tony Parker. In that last game against Toronto, 15 points, just a couple of rebounds, but 8 assists. So we see the, you know, his numbers start creeping back up into a, a level where we're comfortable with seeing Tony Parker uh, play. In his last five games, you know, he's been phenomenal. He's been right about that with his, with his averages, getting about 17 points a game what about tony parker has impressed you in the short little stint really just the past 5 games and do you think it's sustainable
1: i think it's sustainable to a point you know uh he struggled early on and i really think he struggled because he tried to get uh lamarcus in, in, into some somewhat of a team type of atmosphere group Powell was the new guy. He was kind of timid, but Tony sort of deferred to him at some point. You know, the, the play calls were Powell at the top, you know, try to do something. Now it seems that Parker's saying, you know, if I have a shot, I'm going to take it. If I'm, you know, I'm, if I'm going to call the pick and roll, I'm just going to try to take it in or ki- uh, drive it in and then kick out. You know, I, I think he, I don't think he lost the step that we thought he lost. I thought he was thinking about it too much. That's what I tell my kids. You know, again, if if you think of, if you take more than two seconds about what you're gonna do, you know, just pass the ball. Because again, you just don't hold it. And I think that's what Parker was doing. He's sort of holding it to see how he could get everybody involved. I don't think it's his team, uh, again, you know, but I, I think he's really he's really blossoming into the third option there. And again, that's not bad because again, Paul Gasol doesn't want to be the the uh the first option, but he doesn't want to be the fifth option. He wants to be somewhere in between. This is where he fits perfectly. He shined when Parker has shined. Aldridge has shined now that you know Parker has re- really commanded uh, the, the shots that he should be taking, and Kawhi still being Kawhi out there. So I think it's all balancing out. Uh, I really think Parker was just thinking too much at you know in the beginning of the season to try to, to get everybody involved.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, if he can keep this up, then i'm not I'm not convinced like I said in the last podcast that Houston can overtake San Antonio for that second spot. I think if Tony is playing the way that they that he's playing and he can average and I'm not even looking for the seventeen points a game if he can be somewhere thirteen points a game, fifteen points a game, and do that consistently uh and they still have we're still not even talking about pal Gasol's points they have uh in that starting five four legitimate scores, and then you don't really know what's going to happen with Danny Green, but he could be. Uh, he can be extremely hot, as as we know. Uh, and then you look at the bench, and you see about streaky shooting from Patty Mills and Manu Ginobili, and even David Lee hustling. You know, I really start to to like San Antonio even more. I think that t- Tony Parker's performance again this year, just like it was last year, is sort of a linchpin to their to their success, um, not just in playoff positioning, but moving through the playoffs as well. Defensively. They'll have rotations down. They'll be able to put in Patty Mills to, to cover some of the more elusive, quicker point guards. But Tony Parker is right in that in that area of uh, in his career where he's almost getting Jason Kidd-like, where he he needs to start focusing on being able to play those bigger point guards on defense. And if he can do that well, uh, and, and the guys like James Harden I'm talking about, which is that's scary to think about Tony Parker on James Harden, but that's what he's going to have to do for the Spurs to be successful—to to sh- share some minutes on defense there. Uh, if he could do that and give you 13 points a game, I really like the Spurs' chances moving forward.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, you know, again, it's now everything's sort of balancing out. Uh, last podcast we talked about it was only like two weeks before that that they had that they had their first full practice. So again, that's showing. Uh, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if, you know, again, Pop was busy with the community, busy with this political stuff. So maybe that's what he was doing. They weren't getting the practices they needed. But now they're starting to gel. Now, again, everybody seems a little bit more confident. Nobody's sort of second-guessing the help or their own defense. They, they sort of know where they're, go- where they're going. And they're plugging more players in. Uh, you're seeing DeJounte Murray get minutes, you know, along with Patty Mills and Tony Parker. They're running with three point guards and they're still getting the third point uh, point guards a minute. So, uh, you know, I just think it's impressive. And if they're going at this pace, I think it is sustainable because Parker's not going to wear down at some point. And like you mentioned, his defense is – I mean his his defense was never great. No. You know, uh, I, I think he can play really good defense if you tell him, well, you know, go ahead and pressure him and bring him to the help. I think that's really good defense. Uh, but the Spurs really don't run that type of pressure defense. They try to run a calm, you know, funnel him to the to the baseline and, you know, help out type of deal. Uh, but even with that, even if he's struggling, now you have a DeJounte Murray that can take a spot, you know, in some spots because he's longer. I don't know if you saw that impressive block. I, I forgot who he blocked in, in – uh, Was it the Raptors? He blocked. uh, He blocked Corey Joseph. I don't know if you saw that. You know, just with those long arms. I mean, he can do some damage there. Uh, All these guys are long, versatile. I mean, it's just going to be fun to watch because they can all do different things, cover different things. So uh, I think this is going to help the older guys, especially come playoff time, uh, and they're just going to build chemistry off of that.
0: Well, you know, that game against the Raptors was one to really build some chemistry. Their their biggest lead in that game was 34 points, so it it was a Incredible blowout. It's where a lot of other players got to seed minutes, like you're saying. Kyle Anderson got in there. You said DeJounte Murray got in there. Bertan. I didn't mention
1: Kyle Anderson. He's, well, he's a nice guy. He's though. always top nice, of mind. Nice,
0: nice. At guy. least he's always top of mind. Uh, Bertan's got in there, had a great block. Um, so they're really spreading out uh, you know, their minutes, as you're saying. And to your point, I think that's really what's going to allow Tony Parker to – uh, to keep this, you know, sustain this level of play throughout the year. But, you know, if I'm looking back through the box score, one thing that really stood out to me about this game, which was different than, you know, maybe any other Spurs game I've seen this year, was the points in the paint. They had 44 points in the paint versus Toronto, who had 32. I think that was the difference maker. And I think it's a real aberration because the Spurs, their post offense uh, is just not, I mean, it's really just not there. From mid-range and that pick-and-pop that the Spurs are, are doing, they're killing it. You, you, using Aldridge for that pick-and-pop and just in general, um, they're doing fantastic from the mid-range game. They have the fifth most efficient offense in the league, 109.8 points per 100 uh, possessions. Mid-range game is over 20% of that offensive output, and that's number one in the league. So the Spurs aren't—it It's it might be concerning. It's at least a, something to watch. Because you have players like Pau Gasol, you have players like LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard who can get to the bucket, yet they're not scoring in the paint, yet they are preferring that mid-range jump shot. So a couple of questions for you about that. You know, Do they need to focus on better low post offense? They're, and again, their offense is fifth best in the league. They're doing fantastic, so I, I would argue not right now. Um, but in the playoffs, do you... I mean, shouldn't... It just seems like the further and this is true, the further you are away from the basket the less efficient you are uh at making the bucket, right? So should you be should they be focusing on funneling towards the basket? It just seems like great teams can get to the get to the hoop and score there and the Spurs aren't even trying to do that.
1: Playoffs, we're talking about playoffs. <laughs> um Already. Uh, You uh, you mentioned, you know, uh see I paid attention this time. You mentioned, you know, if it's gonna be important right now that they're not that they're not um, scoring in the paint. I don't think so, but again it's going to be situational, you know. If you have traditional bigs, those two bigs will stretch out the floor. Now you can sort of put Gasol out at the three and Aldridge too. Although you know uh, you mentioned that they they were killing it from the mid range shot. I think that was a uh, Paul Garcia's uh, article mm-hmm. uh, on Project Spurs that the Spurs are you know owning that mid range. spot you know again, I think it's I think it's situational uh, because against bigger teams, you know the Raptors are more of a traditional uh, lineup team. They don't really go small. In my opinion, so, again, you want to open up that floor for Kawhi, for Tony. Yeah, you know, you pick and pop, pick and roll. I mean, that's open. Uh, but against, you know, teams like the Golden State Warriors, I think you're going to see a lot of what you saw in the first game where, you know, the Spurs are going to be in the paint trying to offensive rebound, you know, uh, you know, using their height to put, to bully the Warriors. Because, again, if you try to play the Warriors traditionally where you post up – I you know and we saw this last year i think that plays into their advantage because uh uh i who's a uh, Draymond Green I, I can't believe i forgot his name draymond green you know he he likes to body up guys that's not aldridge's game you saw the spurs uh sort of uh suffer in that area because of that and then they do a quick double they're long so they're waiting for those passes they play like a like a zone type of defense so uh, I i I think this is this is really better for the long haul. I think this offense is built for the playoffs. The way that you're seeing it right now with that mid range, I think I think really they're gearing up for the Warriors in some sense uh, to open up that floor and also to just bully them in the paint. Not really run plays through the paint, but again, you know, uh, just crash the boards uh, when need be. So I, I think they're really preparing for it. I don't think it's anything to worry about.
0: Yeah, I uh, I am I'm one of those traditional guys where I do feel that. Um That they need it. It's just anti-Spurs like to not be scored in the paint and not to have that be your primary source of your offense. And I think that's what you notice with when Tim Duncan goes. Uh, Well, of course that's what you notice when Tim Duncan goes. But you know, I'm always uncomfortable with the center and you know your power forward uh, taking that ten footer right versus driving to the bucket, getting fouls. They're a good free throw shooting team. Um, you know, they're over 80% for the year as a team, which is phenomenal. In fact, they they keep getting better from December and only two games in January. But, you know, they're 80% in December from the free throw line. They're 81% in January. That's really salty. So I like them in the playoffs to get to the paint, get fouls, and you, you just don't get that on that pick and pop. Now, again, it's like, you know, we've got a great situation here <laughs> because – they're killing it all offensively. They're doing a fantastic job. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just a pessimist, but I see that kind of drying up. I see teams like, say that they get out of the West, uh, and they find their way o- over in, their, in the East, and they're say they're playing Cleveland. I just look at Cleveland and, the, and their ability to get to the rim. It's just. And, and, and you know what? Maybe we don't even have to get to Cleveland. We could just get to Houston. If they end up playing Houston, the ability for Houston, as many threes as they shoot, they can also get to the bucket. I think they're going to have a real problem. You know, with, with a team like Houston and certainly with, with Cleveland, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I think that's going to be a challenge for them. I mean, it's like they, they need to be practicing now. That mid-range stuff, I just don't see that working for the long haul. Like, what was the last mid-range team that won, the, won a championship?
1: Uh, <clears throat> you're just talking about a jump-shooting team, right? Yeah, just
0: – well, a jump-shooting team, but not three. I mean, we know the Warriors with the with with three um, being on outpace everybody. But the, the last, yeah, jump shooting from mid-range, what was the last team that won a title? When would that have been? Lakers, maybe? <laughs>
1: Miami? Uh, well not, uh, Miami? Well, 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 the Lakers, no. Well, uh, no, Miami would just stretch out the floor. They'd put LeBron at the floor, just stretch out the floor. I don't think they were really a – They unless, didn't have an uh,
0: offense. You know. Probably
1: uh, – why not the uh, 14 Spurs? I don't know if you'd count them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Splitter wasn't that a mid-range guy. Duncan was the mid-range guy. Uh, I forgot who – DIA was, you know, kind of in between. Uh, I don't – you know, I, I just don't think it's that much of a problem. And even if – you know, let's just say against Houston. Uh, Houston goes small, right? Mm-hmm. They have Trevor Reese at the four, right. I think I heard. Right. I, I don't pay attention to them, you know. I, I think they're nice to watch, to hear about. But other than that, I don't they're pay They're
0: entertaining much to- at least,
1: right? When you're bored, um, so uh, I, I think Aldridge would take advantage of that. You know, I, I think it's when the situation presents itself, uh, because you see a lanky guy like Areza, he's not going to guard Aldridge or Gasol, so I think you could run a four or five down on that. Uh, with the Warriors, I'm again, I, I think that's different. You could sort of pick and roll, pick and pop, have the one of the bigs that's out in the mid range or the three point line just cut to the basket uh, when nobody else is watching. I think you could work around that. I don't think the Spurs are going to stay in in this philosophy again. Uh, I think they're going to adapt to the to the competition I, I, again. And you're talking. You mentioned the Cavs. You still have Kevin Love. Uh, Do you really need to post against Kevin Love? I I, I think you could take him off the dribble if you're even, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge. So I I, I think you can adjust to them is what I'm saying. So I don't think it's that much of a problem. I don't think the bigs are going to forget how to post. Uh, I I think this this might actually, and again, when I analyze stuff, I mean, I'm not a professional at this. I'm not a scout. Uh, Paul Garcia and I did go to, you know, scout school. I, you know, he stayed the two days. I only stayed a day. But I, again, <laughs> we, hey, you know, bro, I learned, I learned so much from there that I just didn't even go the second day. All right. You said and I could like, be teaching
0: this class. I know exactly. that was your attitude.
1: I left before I got kicked out, basically. Right, right. Um, Yeah. I I try to, you know, sort of um, try to think like the coaches, like this is why they're doing it instead of saying, well, this decision sucks. One of the things that Pop could also be doing with this is if you start posting these guys up, and we saw this with Tim Duncan late in his career, their legs start wearing. And, and And one of the things I've never forgotten was Shaq. Shaq had a resurgence in Phoenix the main reason it was well you know i could run all day i don't get tired running i get tired posting up it takes you know it takes a toll in the knees and you know the just the body in general so maybe that's what pop's doing at the same time maybe you know let's not post up now let's do it late in the season get used to it you know save your legs uh, a little bit up until then and i mean they'll, they'll be refreshed and at the same time if you don't use it up until the end of the season or in the playoffs, not a lot of teams can adjust that fast to it. You know, the teams might be adjusting to the Spurs right now, but when you sort of change it up, you're practicing it, but you change it up during the games later in the season. That might catch uh, everybody off guard. Well, you
0: know, uh, you, you were mentioning that the Spurs they're they're now getting an opportunity to really practice, to really settle in, um, and really start devising their offense and their and their game planning now. Or maybe they weren't doing that earlier in the season, and, and of course getting the second best record in all the NBA while you're still figuring it out is is pretty amazing. Uh it goes to, to speaks to the culture and, and just coaching in general, in game coaching that's going on there. Um but I want to go through some numbers real quick because uh they continue to get better and it's it's validating your point. Um points per game in January, they're up from December. Of course only a couple of games, but they were uh, 111 points per game in January so far. and December is 108. That was up from November, where it was 101 points a game. So there's there's this trend of of scoring that keeps increasing. Uh, another one that I, I wanted to to pull out was assists. They they're, they're doing 30 assists a game now, which is up from five. Uh, or up five points from last five assists from last month. Uh, and the Spurs are primarily have been a road team. During this first uh, part of this this year, the first thirty five games of the year, they have nineteen on the road, sixteen at home. And what I f- think is really interesting and, and and sets them up well for a playoff series, uh, their numbers home and the road are virtually identical: one hundred and six points on uh, per game on the road, one hundred and four at home. Uh, they're they're rebounding about the same, forty three rebounds per game. Their assist numbers are identical at twenty five. Uh, assists per game average over time. The only place where it really starts dripping away is, is the free throw line, and that'll adjust over time. Yeah, three pointers—they're virtually the same: forty percent on the road, forty-two percent at home. So, you know, the fact that they are evenly distributing uh, minutes, uh, you know, across their entire roster, and the fact that whether home or a road, their statistics are virtually identical. Um, and they're they're using that and getting the second best record in, in all of the NBA, um, uh, or in the West and the highest winning or second highest winning percentage in the NBA. I think that's really setting it up well to carry through the rest of the season. To rest guys um, have a consistent performance that leads them into the playoffs to success. So I, I'm really I'm rethinking my uh, my championship call from uh, from the preseason. I, I think this speaks really well to to the Spurs.
1: I always had the Spurs, and ex- please excuse my dog. She, I think she's seeing something invisible somewhere. Um, uh, I always had them winning the championship, bro. I don't know where you were this whole time. I knew this was going to happen. You know, you got to right. be optimistic through these things. <laughs> well, but again, and I think that we we're talking about how impressive they are now. I think they're just going to keep improving, and that's going to be scary. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you know how 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 much better can Powell play? How much better can Lamarcus play? More importantly, how much better can they defend? You know, because right now we're thinking about them as a weak front court. They're going to get used to you know uh, helping out in the baseline. And again, remember, Lamarcus isn't a five. He was not you know trained to be a five, so he's got to get used to that also.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, the, like I said, the Spurs are are only two games back from the Warriors right now, but they're also only one and a half up on the Rockets. Do you think that they stay in that second position all the way through? Or do you think they actually catch Golden State? Or do you think Houston catches San Antonio? And does it even matter for the Spurs? I think it does. I think it matters big time, the Spurs, to get the number one or the number two seed. Um, uh, but but let me know your thoughts.
1: Uh, you know, I think it depends on on uh, matchups. You know, right now uh, – when was it? A few days ago, I, I was seeing the, the, the matchups and three – they were the second – I mean, yeah, they were second or no, they were third, right? Something like that. No, that well, whatever it was, they, they were gonna probably play the Clippers, or, or you know, some talk about that.
0: What if they start uh, the playoffs then?
1: Yeah, yeah. then. So I, I think they it play really Memphis depends now. In the, yeah, in the first round. Um, I, I, really think it just depends on matchups. If they do, I, you know, the, the, thing about the Rockets is James Harden is playing at an impressive level. I mean, look at how much you can do if you don't play uh, defense, you know, you can average practically a triple double if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the one thing that that's going to hurt them is, you know, he's, he's the one that's carrying the team. He's making everybody else better. How long can Dan Tony ride that? And with his history, I mean, he, I mean, Steve is great. He was an MVP, Uh, twice, right, Uh, back-to-back with with D'Antoni? Right. But again, he never lasted the whole whole season and then the playoffs. So that's going to be something to watch with Harden, uh, especially since the majority of the possessions go around him. It's not like Nash where, you know, set up a pick-and-roll and and he's going to pass it out to the corner, then they start swinging the ball a little bit or just pass it to Amari. This guy takes more punishment than Nash ever did. So it's going to be very interesting. And especially, you know, the thing about Nash was always Nash would – he knew he had a guard to Tony Parker, so he wasn't really guarding him. You know, James Harden can't have that that mentality. He has to guard his position. And again, it's he he's guarding a faster guy, a better shooter, a better passer. Uh, so you know, he I, I just don't know how Houston can sustain. Uh, you know this stretch that they're going through this uh winning streak or the, what are they at right now they're 27 and 9 I don't know how long they can sustain that especially with Eric Gordon who has a injury history I don't know how long they can depend on him to help out Harden so uh, I think San Antonio's pretty safe even if they catch up and they take that second spot at some point I think San Antonio just retakes it and and runs away with it
0: yeah I, I can see that I mean but you don't see San Antonio getting into the number one seat do you think Golden State's got it for the rest of the year I think it's gonna be really hard to get get in front of Golden State.
1: I mean, that's the, I mean we discussed this last year, right? Is Kerr going to sit his guys? Is Kerr going to? I mean, when you're sort of dancing, you know, with history that you could sort of overtake history and make a name for yourself again, uh, it's tempting. So I think it all depends on him. Is he gonna rest those players? Are guys gonna be a little bit more physical with Steph Curry? Uh, you know, I I just I. There and, and the thing also is Golden State, they run away with a lot of games, but then a lot of games they're exposed. you know They have to try a little bit harder than they want to. Uh, they're, they're running on those minutes. So I, I wouldn't bet on it. If I'm the Spurs, I would just play to keep that second seed. And if at some point you take the first seed, I don't think you worry too much about it. Because at the same time, if San Antonio is the number one seed for let's say three weeks – and they keep winning at the pace of winning right now. Golden State has to play a little bit harder to catch them. So I think that'll catch up to them come the playoffs. And uh, you know, a lot of these teams with the right coaching, I think they can neutralize Golden State. I don't think it would. They'll run away with the first round. Sacramento, you know, if Boogie Cousins gets the mentality of, you know what, I'm just going to get the ball. I'm going to take it as hard as I can in the paint, and I'm not going to be paying attention to the refs. I'm not going to say anything to the refs. It won't get teed up. I think they can give Golden State trouble. Uh, Same thing with Portland. uh, If Damian Lillard is healthy, uh, Memphis gave them trouble, right? Oklahoma City and Golden State, can you imagine that first round? Uh, I think Golden Golden State would have a run for their money. So even if at the number one seed, I think Golden State is not going to have it easy in the playoffs or in the regular season.
0: Yeah, I, I think that. Um, well, I actually think that that the Spurs can get to that number one seed. It's gonna be difficult to get there, but I do feel like they can get there for the reasons that you said. I think that, you know, after winning seventy three games last year and not winning the uh, the title, I think that weighs on on their mind. I, I think that they rest. I think that they um, have guys take you know go in streaks and take some time off. I think you'd see that Durant will be out there by himself while Curry's sitting for a couple of games. I think that you'll see it the other way. Uh, so i it would not surprise me if if the Spurs, despite having a really difficult uh, division or a more difficult division than than what uh, Golden State does, um, I could see the Spurs taking that spot. Uh, but it's really that that top three teams there that's gonna be really exciting, I think all the way through. And it's one of those three Houston. Uh, Golden State or San Antonio are going to be in in the mix for for getting that number one seed uh, there in the West. Let me see, anything else to talk about for this? Oh, Spurs are up Saturday against Charlotte. You got any predictions for that game? Charlotte's coming off. They, They had lost 11 in a row, beat the Thunder by one point uh just in in their last game so Charlotte I don't, I don't know if they're hot or not but, but it's a pretty impressive win over over Oklahoma City uh and Russell Westbrook but um what what do you think about the game against Charlotte anything scary there
1: no uh i i even think they should rest Tony Parker start Murray and see what happens uh put him on Kemba Walker throw him in the fire and see uh, how how um how much pressure he can take and you know how he'll react to it i think this will be a game that they should run away with but again it's the Spurs. You know, sometimes they, they, they play to the opponent, the opponent, you know, uh, turns it up a notch and gives them trouble.
0: There you go. Okay, well, that's it for this episode of the Spurs cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at the Spurs cast. Catch up with Jose, at JRG1023. Uh, me, I'm at Mc underscore PS, or any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Uh, Ryan. What Ryan? Yeah.
1: Also follow at the Spurs Cast on Twitter. You keep forgetting, bro. I did. It's I our said, show. Follow us on oh, Twitter really? at
0: the Spurs Cast.
1: Oh, I wasn't listening.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Go figure. Okay, Jose. Thanks a lot. Uh, and you listeners, you're welcome.